This is the podcast for January 6th, 2012. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside Rick Perry's N-Head Epiphany running track, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. And you know, Drift Glass, when Newt Gingrich heard about the uh, rock at Rick Perry's hunting lodge that said N-word head... Yes. He, he objected to the head part of it. Yes, he did. Hey, that's my shtick. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, I know about head. <laughs> head has gotten me everything I have. Yeah, he, well, he is. If, if For those Third Rock from the Sun fans out there, he is the big giant head of the Republican Party. Well, he also He's, got a lot of head while he was Speaker of the House. He from sure Calista. did. He got that knob polished. In his office, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not yeah. to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a good career move. It, that yeah. that, uh, that knob polishing dollar was a good dollar for some people <laughs> under him. Yes, got them marriages and video programs and, and sponsorships and, and wealth and Tiffany's accounts and and uh, and. But he's just a humble public servant who just wants to come on the air and tell you about how how Susan we can Smith, destroy Mitt Romney. <laughs> How Susan Smith murdered her children was caused oh, yeah. by liberals, and how oh, yeah. Mitt Romney is the Antichrist. Yep. I, you know, I there's it's it's the the pungent salad. <laughs> That's not a real thing. The 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 perfection of Newt Gingrich as a candidate, as a first year candidate, is so karmic, so beautifully karma train coming around the bend, and mm-hmm. and he just didn't see it coming. That we will have to spare a few moments. To talk about it, but first, I believe. Well, I want to talk. I, we might as well continue with that. I wanted to say, just I've said this several times on Twitter, so people kind of probably know. Uh-huh. But uh, Newt Gingrich, as a victim of Citizens United, makes a good story. But da, 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 da. <laughs> Citizens United house. Productions co-produces all of their videos. So yeah. you know, all these. Uh, Ronald Reagan Rendezvous with Destiny and America at Risk, which is the worst one, yeah. uh, are co-produced and paid for by Citizens United. So the fact that he's a victim of the Citizens United ruling in terms of spending, sure, that's funny and ironic, but he's on the gravy train oh, yeah. for Citizens United, and that's why he's running for president is to increase his speaker's fees Get those videos sold, you know. Have he's it's a marketing ploy, and it always has been. The yeah, fact that he, he was number one for a couple of weeks and thought maybe I can win this thing. Uh, it was a sideshow. Sideshow, yeah. Now it, yeah. it doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. You know, the uh, he he stumbled into this, which I think we might have mentioned before, like Danny Kay, the Inspector General. Yeah, yeah. He just showed up in town one day, and. People were waiting for someone that sort of looked like him and acted like him and decided he was the guy. Yeah. And so, he, you know, it, it's a book tour that suddenly turned into a campaign, very much exactly. like Herman Cain. Exactly. And yeah. he started, but Newt Gingrich takes his big giant ideas and his big giant ego so seriously. He is so completely enraptured with himself. Yeah, and blind to his, to the reality of his own sins. You know, it, it, I talked to God, it, and I forgave God, and then everything's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, me and God reached an understanding. I forgave <laughs> God for God's failings, and God forgave me, and so we called it square. Uh, even though God is a moderate uh, Republican from Massachusetts. Uh, I'm not going to say anything mean about God. Uh, God, you know, I, was just, I tell the truth about God. Guess Newt Gingrich is trying to get into heaven right there. Yep. 
And it's it's just it's hilarious because New Gingrich's New Gingrich's undoing has nothing to do with has everything to do with with Mitt Romney spending a ton of cash on him, mm-hmm. but has in in a sense nothing to do with that. It has to do with the the power of unlimited money. Mm-hmm. But it has also to do enormously with his own biography. Yeah. This is the this is the thing that just cracks me up. This is the thing we were laughing about over lunch the other day. Is really honestly the only thing that people ran as an ad as ads against Newt Gingrich was his own history. But in a political party where people lie constantly about the lies they told yesterday, which are lies about the lies they told the day before that, there's this there's this sort of gentleman's agreement that we won't call each other on our bullshit. Because if we started doing that, God knows where that would end. So it's sort of unfair in Gingrich's warped, twisted little brain that anybody would point out shit he said yesterday. And tell the truth. Yeah. 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 That's, that's completely off limits. And he said, he said exactly that on uh, Meet the Press. He, he went on and said something on Meet the Press he shouldn't ought to have said. Yep, and, and three days day later. He, <laughs> next day he said, if anybody quotes me, if anybody quotes what I said on, on that show, they're lying. Yeah. Which just. That was one of the quotes of the year. That was one of the quotes of the year for me. Yep. If you quote me verbatim, you're lying. Yeah. And, wow. and yet, when you look inside of that you know, moral dumpster fire that is Newt Gingrich's brain, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is a god in his own mind. And he gets to do what gods do, which is. Tell lies, break rules, have affairs, and get away with it all. Because and it's very he, Old Testament. It really is just is. very Old Testament. Because yeah. he's better than everybody else. So the Do you second, have anything to say about Rick Perry? I'm the sorry second to thing you. that destroyed the third thing that destroyed him was, and this is the part that that makes it karmically beautiful is Newt Gingrich created political hate speech yeah. in modern America. Yeah. Yeah. He really did. He is the engineer of this thing, and it, it, it's it's you know he, he's he's the architect. Who is dying under the rubble of his own collapsed building? And the idea that he's trying to blame someone else for it and is just is just so fucking perfect. It's delicious. It, it really it is. is. It truly is. So, so I, now I'm going to ask you: Do you have anything to say about Rick Perry going on a run oh. and going back to his wife? And his wife said, "Oh yeah, I'd like a golf vacation in South yeah. Carolina." <laughs> Yeah. Well, Rick Perry, Rick Perry has what a lot of stupid Texans have, which is a lot of money. Yeah. And he has proven pretty much beyond any doubt that you can really be almost brain damaged stupid. And if, as long as you like guns and you talk with that George Bush kind of halting so that Texas accent and you've got a shitload of money, because why wouldn't you give a lot of money to a stooge like Rick Perry? Because he'll do whatever the fuck you ask him to do. Um, you can do anything you want. It, it, there really is no barrier to Rick Perry staying in this thing till the very end because there's no downside to him. Yeah, that's the he's thing. He's not going to lose anything no. by doing that. No, yeah. he is. He's already sold his soul. Sold his soul years ago. And so why wouldn't he? It's it's like Gingrich. Why wouldn't he hang around? He could maybe up his speaker fees more. He's going to be on Meet the Press this weekend, as you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a debate on Meet the Press. There's a Facebook yeah. debate on Meet a the Facebook Press. Facebook debate. Oh, is anything more exciting than a With Facebook? With David Gregory, Facebook debate, yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. So uh, let me I'm really straight. excited about Sunday mornings, though. I'm starting to get really excited about weekend so, TV. Can I talk about well, that yeah, for the, a minute? 
Well, just just let me say how shocking it is that Meet the Press will just feature a bunch of Republicans talking about Republican stuff because that <laughs> never happens. Never happens. Never Meet happens. the Press. <laughs> yeah, but yes, Sundays are getting are Sundays getting and Sunday Saturdays and Sunday mornings are getting really fun now because mm-hmm. Melissa Harris Perry is going to have her own show after Up with Chris Hayes. Yeah. And Chris Hayes is going to now be consistently on at 8 a.m. Eastern. Thank you. Because we have to set our alarms twice every weekend as it is. And anyone that wants to hang out with me on Twitter, Uh the hashtag uppers is for people who follow the Up With Chris uh, show on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And it is a liberal party. It is really fun. If you. have a chance if you're up that early. Some people tape it and watch it later. Mm-hmm. But if you're up watching it live, um, the hashtag uppers is a great place to sort of hang out on Twitter. And I'm there most of the time. You know and you know who else is there? Sarah Brady yeah. from the Brady Bill and, and the gun control. She's there uh, frequently, too. And Liz Winstead's there. Her dogs get her up. So there's yeah. a bunch of people there, and it's a lot of fun. If you want to hang out with me on Twitter, um, that's, that is a time that you can find me there. It reminds me a lot of the early days of blogging. Yeah, yeah. You know, before it started to suck and everybody had to have just a business plan. Just the cool plan. kids. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just a bunch of people like, oh, I mean, you think the same way I do? Yeah. Oh, my God, we're watching the same thing, and we're, oh. And, and the, the contrast, it really is kind of falling off a cliff. The contrast between shifting from Chris Hayes show, Chris Hayes show to meet the press. Is, oh, it's or, isn't it like blood draining from your arm? It's, <laughs> it's like it, you just finished this delightful, delightful three course meal or five course meal, rich. And he doesn't vibrant. just have liberals on the show, and he no. asks really good questions of conservatives. And they have really interesting conversations. This was the only show I, I, I know of that did a, a very thorough retrospective on Iraq. The whole show last For Saturday. Two hours. Everyone two who can should go back and watch that. It was really good. It's amazing. It, it really is long form conversational journalism and mm-hmm. salon type discussions. Yep. Done in a way that I find admirable and exciting and invigorating. And then you flip over to, again, it's like a, a seven course meal. With 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 every kind of delightful food you could imagine, all matched perfectly with wines and good conversation, and then you flip over to meet the press, and it's, it's like coleslaw. biting. It's Republican no, it's, coleslaw. It's like biting into aluminum foil. Ah. It's just like, oh God, really? You know, because <laughs> you know, America's palate, frankly, uh, frankly, basically. Sorry, I'm going all gingers on you here. <laughs> Our national palate for what a good interesting political dialogue sounds like has been so debased yep. by crap like Meet the Press, by crap like This Week, by Fox News, by, by right-wing radio, that we don't even recognize the good stuff when it comes along. And suddenly, can we're I reminded, Can oh I say God. something about that, about right-wing radio sure. and Fox News? Sure. Uh, a couple of people on Twitter were shocked, and I mean shocked, that the latest polls out of South Carolina, yes. which is supposed to be a haven for evangelical bigotry voting. Mm-hmm. Mitt Romney is up by three okay. in the January 5th poll and and trending <laughs> upward. And it's clear to me that South Carolina voters are voting for the person that Fox News tells them to vote for uh-huh. and that Hannity tells them to vote for mm-hmm. rather than Jesus. And I think that's really telling. 
that's all I want to say about that. Well, I think that there are people talk people on bad Sunday morning talk shows or mm-hmm. pundits in the paper. They talk about the horse race and they talk about what Rick Santorum's candidacy means and what I don't. I, I, that's all boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do a little bit of it here, and I, I know we do it because that's sort of our a little bit of our stock and trade. But what I really do try to look for is what does the Rorschach test of of a primary battle on the right tell you about this country? Yes. Tell you about our opponents. Our opponents are the Republican base. Let's be very clear about that. I believe that if we found a way to sequester, put in stasis, put on nullify, a, nullify <laughs> the Republican base, this country's IQ would double, and a lot of our problems would just go away because we would have the we would have the elbow room and the freedom and the the ability to solve them and to pressure centrist accommodating politicians like Barack Obama into making a liberal choices way more often mm-hmm. because he wouldn't have to worry about a Republican Congress just destroying everything he touches. Or Fox News calling yeah. him, you know, the plan B president. Yeah. The baby I, killer president. Yeah. I, I cannot imagine what it would be like to get up every day and not have half the country disagree with me, but have half the me more than half the media constantly saying, you're not really an American, you're not really from this country, you're not a legitimate president, you hate this country, you're trying to destroy it, and convincing mobs and tens of millions of people that you are an enemy. You're not mm-hmm. just... And on the left, we just don't know what the hell to make of that. That is so diametrically opposed to the reality of the situation and the reality we see. We don't know how to comprehend it. So that's why I look for ways to interpret correctly or clearly... MRI, a deep scan, a deep analysis of what's going on over there that is useful and interesting and worthy of discussion. And I think one of the things that Romney teaches us is that even the most diehard members of the GOP base are affected with what I call strategic forgettery. Yeah. That yeah. they completely forgot who Newt Gingrich was. Yep. They had they had no fucking clue. And this really does bear up under my at least my own anecdotal Evidence Your experience of, with conservatives, yeah. face My, to face, yeah. The debates I used to have with conservatives, conservative friends and colleagues in the 90s, where I would be trotting out what Tom DeLay was doing, what Newt Gingrich did, what was going on in the Congress, and they would have no idea who the fuck I was talking about. And, I'm and like, they were conservatives. I'm like, dude, you vote Republican. You are not just a conservative, a diehard, drop-dead, Rush Limbaugh-listening conservative. You don't know who Tom DeLay is. He runs your goddamn party. You have no idea who Jack Abramoff is, who Ralph Reed is. They had no idea who was running their party, mm-hmm. the names of the people who influenced those people, who was what, – what corporate interests were at play – what legislation was being pushed through, and what those people said and did and believed. All they knew was what came crapping out of Rush Limbaugh's ass every day. That's literally all they knew. And so when I came through with, no, there's this guy named Tom DeLay. Here's what he did in Texas. Here's what he did with voting uh, districts in Texas. Here's how he broke campaign laws. Here's how awfully corrupt he is. Here's Newt Gingrich. Did you know Newt Gingrich is an adulterer? And they would look at me like, I was from Mars because nobody on the right says shit like this. Right. It doesn't exist. So I know I have – I grew – in a sense politically grew up with Newt Gingrich. I was telling my liberal friends in the 90s, we've got to study this guy. We have to take him seriously because what he's doing is evil, but it's effective. 
And if you don't understand the battle plan you're up against, you're going to lose. And a lot of my liberal friends just were all, said, no, simply being horrified by New Gingrich and calling him an asshole is enough. And it isn't enough. It's never no, enough. No, it's not. You've got to have a plan. <laughs> You've got to have a strategy. Or well, else. and isn't it interesting that his Republican opponents – apparently there's no uh, Republican 12th commandment, thou shalt not speak evil of Newt Gingrich yeah. on the Republican side. So. Yeah. And they're just <laughs> bombing him from space. But the discovery – the, the the verification of what I've always believed to be true that that even caucus goers, people who are committed, people who really will go out on a cold night to sit in a Grange Hall and argue with their friends over partial partial birth abortion and taxes, even they had no fucking recollection about who Newt Gingrich really was. Even though you and I do, and this is part of nor every liberal knows who held Newt Gingrich was. Every liberal knows about GoPack. Every liberal knows about Absolutely. his adultery. Yeah, every yeah. liberal knows he blamed liberals for the death of Susan Smith's children, her drowning her children. He blamed liberals for Columbine. He has he's notorious for this. He's a racist. Everybody knows that. On the but left, yeah. Everybody on those. So this guy's a prominent. Republican, right? He's a prominent conservative. He's on the fucking talk shows every every other week. And yet you go to Republican conservatives and they have no clue who he is or was. And so Newt Gingrich, uh, I'm sorry, so Romney comes in with these money bombs mm-hmm. and just, just cracks through the 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 shielding around around Gingrich, the, the bubble around him, and just bombs it with enough money to crack it open and dump some facts and they react in horror. And oh anybody who, who gets upset and wants to go fact check that can do it. Yes. <laughs> Find out it's true. Yes. But, <laughs> but fact checking means going to places like Snopes, which you know is a liberal. Oh yeah, and, that's a liberal and, cabal. And, and, and checking with the, uh, that's a liberal one. And it, really, it's anything that conflicts with what Newt or what Rush Limbaugh said today must not be true. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm not even going to bother checking it. And just to get off on one slight tangent, you might remember a year ago, uh, the uh, guy named American Dad, a conservative named American Dad, did an open letter to his conservative friends. With like 300 links in it. Yeah, it's just, just, yeah. just an incredible piece of documentary work saying you say this, yet you do that. You say this, yet you do that. You cannot assert – the following to be true when your entire political system does exactly the opposite. And he said, I want you back. I want you to stop acting crazy. I want you to be a conservative. I really miss the non-crazies, but you, you can't have a political party based on this amount of constant, constant, constant lying all the time. You can't do it. And the responses from conservatives were, well, that's just what a liberal would say. Yeah. Well, it's just a bunch of claptrap. I don't have time to worry about this stuff. I don't have time to click on these links. This, you know, I'm sure liberals are just as bad. I'm sure liberals are just as awful. And every time they said that, a, a, a liberal would hop in and say, fine, show me the link. Show me exactly what you mean. Show me the proof of your false equivalence. And that's and, when the angels would lose their wings. And that's yeah. <laughs> and, and there's just silence. When that bell rings, that's when an angel <laughs> loses its wings. And, and, and oh. what happens is you, you could – the only reason I bring that up is you can hit them as hard as you want with as many facts as you want, and it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. They have been trained like fucking circus seals to ignore anything a liberal says. But what works is Mitt Romney is technically a conservative, although he's not really. He's a robot. And so he comes into their caucuses and just cracks the shield over the, uh, over the castle and pours in all these facts, and they freak out. Suddenly, this guy they thought they knew and admired is this adulterer, <laughs> lying, 
guy who sat with Nancy Pelosi and did all these terrible, terrible things according to conservative doctrine, and his and his his numbers just plummet. That's where they're weak. If you can get through the ablative shielding that surrounds their brain, that Rush Limbaugh Maginot line that they have around their brains, they're they're defenseless on the inside. They have nothing to they have nothing to prop up against you, but but more lies. And if you could ever get to the point where you just back them into a fucking corner and there's no place to go, that's when you can have an honest conversation. But until then, it's really there's really no point to it. And that's what I learned about the process. Is that they really don't have any idea who their candidates are, or what I'm they believe. I'm going to stop you there because yep. we were going to start the podcast by reading a letter, and we yes, never we were. did. <laughs> yes, we were, and let's get to that now, shall we? Yes, we shall. And and last night was a hard night for us, and particularly just in terms of facing blogging. I mean, it's been kind of a slogging week, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you decided to look at David Brooks' column. Yes, I did. Which was not a mistake. It's not like Morning Joe. But right on the heels of that came this letter with a contribution from our listener Steve in New York City. And I want to read it. Let me let me set the scene just a little more with a few more candles, if you don't mind. You know how I am. I like I like the Cialis tubs to be laid out just so. (laughs) I like the rose petals to be sprinkled just so. Um, That. Really, I, I, I read uh, the David Brooks column dropped yesterday, and it was a it was it was a hymn. It was a pen. It well, was that's a, what I want Stephen to tell us. To and and I was going to title that David Brooks column my fifteen hundred and first David Brooks column, which will make no fucking difference whatsoever. Mm, yeah, yeah. I just I'm like I've had it. I'm 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 tired of banging my head against uh, various walls. Knowing that there's absolutely never going to be any accountability for people like this, and it doesn't do any good at all, screw it. I'll put up kitten pictures and go into well, drywall. Well, and you have no money coming in yeah. from doing that at all, and and unemployment, <laughs> unemployment's looming, and it's hard. It's and, just – And as I said this morning, the one, th- the one thing David Brooks and I both have in common is neither of us can apparently lose our jobs. No, you'll never be fired. <laughs> they can't fire you. You're they can't a fire blogger. me for <laughs> And David Brooks, it doesn't – it really doesn't matter what he says anymore. It, it's so clear now. It, it literally doesn't matter how much bullshit he trowels into the pages of the New York Times. Arthur Ox Schulzberg Jr. will never, ever, ever let him – uh, go hungry ever, mm-hmm. and that and I just I, I just had it yesterday with that yep. with that world, and then and then we got a letter from Steve in New York City mm-hmm. with a contribution, and thank mm-hmm. you for that because it made a difference in our whole outlook yes, for it the did. evening it to have something mm-hmm. coming in, and we appreciate it so much, and this lovely letter. Dear Driftglass and Blue Gal, I had a sudden and overwhelming need to send a donation your way. Let me explain. I just read David Brooks' first column of the year, a rather nauseating early Valentine to oh, Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum. Believe it or not. Believe Rick it or not. Santorum. I thought I had grown immune to Bobo. <laughs> Helped by at least 100 treatments of Driftglass's special anti-Brooks vaccination. Yeah. But yeah. apparently... It wasn't enough. He's hit a new low, even for him. The column produced a number of strong reactions in me, and the only positive one was the impulse to jump on PayPal and donate to the professional left. <laughs> I fear that the new year has brought with it a new, stronger, and more evil strain of Brooks. 
which mm-hmm. must be countered. <laughs> By an amazing coincidence, I just received an email offer from the Times to subscribe to their Sunday edition. <laughs> and therefore, help to subsidize more Bobo. I realize there are some good people at the Times, but screw it. I already have one of Bittman's cookbooks. I don't really care for crosswords, and I guess I'll just go purchase an extra copy of Conscience of a Liberal. (laughs) (laughs) You do that, Steve. In the Uh. meantime, I'm directing the money the Times wanted to you. (sighs) That's really nice. Thank you. That's really – and I got to say – I'll I'll finish up. Love Uh. the blogs and the podcast. Keep up the great work, and Happy New Year. Best Thank Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. And I got to say that came in. It came at just the right moment. Just as I was like, <laughs> you know, okay, fine. And I and I, I had been fiddling with a Photoshop and playing with headlines and trying to find a way in that I had I I had completely exhausted already because really I've done over a thousand in the close order of a thousand posts on David Brooks over the years, um, and, and Tom Friedman and so forth. And I just at some point it's like. There, you know, you can only play the 88 keys on the piano so many ways, yeah. and it's, it starts to be repetitive. And I just got sick of it. I'm like, and it's it, it's not me, it's just me. There are lots of people out there in the sort of shouting into the abyss mm-hmm. edge of the blogosphere, begging for there to just be some, for God's sake, some accountability for the wretchedly awful bad prose and the wretched lies that people in our media tell us. And, or, or some venue where a member of the public can actually directly ask the question of these people, how could you write this awful lie? How could you, how could you do this? And make them answer the question. But these people are insulated by money and contacts and distance. And so I was just banging my head against the wall and this, and this email came in and I'm like, all right, Fuck it. Tell Steve I'm working on it and get the hell off my back. <laughs> That's what he says. Like, you go to bed, I'm going to sit here and tippy tap on my laptop. Yeah. And I did. And, and I filled with it. And you got it done. For an hour or two. And I, I looked up a and, couple and of things like. And you saved him, Steve, from, you did. from despair. So you did. thank you for doing that. We really and now I know that there is it. such a thing as an industrial stump grinding machine. So. <laughs> In my in my research, I, I found he, that there he didn't sugarcoat it no. in his post. Oh, comparing comparing David Brooks's laptop dance with Rick Santorum to an industrial uh-huh. stump grinding machine. Uh-huh. And and I will say, and I and I don't, I I did not pick this particular subject or target gratuitously or casually, and I don't stick with it for reasons that are gratuitous or casual either. The, there is no limit to the amount of press that gets poured onto the Congress of the United States and the President of the United States, holding them to account for the terrible things that they do or the inactions they do or the inconsistencies they do. From Rachel Maddow to John Stewart to Stephen Colbert, the President of the United States, Barack Obama's terrible offense against civil liberties has been roundly criticized with a cricket bat by virtually everyone in Mm -hmm. the media on the left. Mm -hmm. There is no lack of criticism of people at that level of government from everywhere, from people who have millions of viewers every day, from people who have millions of followers, millions of listeners every day. There is, however, a separate track of influence peddlers 
for whom there is no accountability and which you will never see challenged on MSNBC or NBC or CBS or ABC because those people work for those organizations. And as a consequence, and I think that the lie that David Brooks tells, the lies that David Gregory promulgates, the lies that Tom Friedman pitches – are absolutely the tentpole that holds up all the other little lies. Mm-hmm. They really are the headwaters of, of some of the most pernicious, awful, false equivalence bullshit, without which we could actually have an honest debate about who's right and who's wrong and which is better and which is worse. Mm-hmm. But as long as the default position for our entire media and most of our political centrist political class is both sides are equally wrong. Yeah. And you can, and I know that because David Brooks said it in the New York Times for the millionth time. As long as that remains the clamp that holds together our political system, well, we're and, never and going to make any progress. I want to, I want to end this podcast with a snail mail letter that we got that talks about some of the real consequences of that tentpole. Yeah, uh, because there are real consequences to real people in holding up the lies that conservatives tell. Uh, this is from a retired uh, sergeant, and he doesn't say what branch of the military he's in, I believe, but I'm going to protect his identity mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Drift Glass and Blue Gal, this came in our P.O. box. Love your podcast to death. Just thought I'd write and send snail mail and talk about an old friend of mine. He was a fellow vet. I served in Iraq with him. I did two tours there myself. And I know he did the same. He was a good soldier and fought hard. He always seemed like a relatively decent and quiet guy. He was a big dude, and I was glad he was on my side. He went crazy, though, when he got back and killed his wife. The kids were in the house at the time, and this event makes me sick. I wish I could say that this is an isolated incident, but I can't. I'm tired of this kind of thing going on, and the mainstream press simply ignoring it. There are a lot of soldiers out there who are suffering and have been suffering for a long time, suicide, drug abuse, etc., all because of an insane right wing that was allowed to take hold of this country. God help them for what they've done. Dick Coward Cheney and George W. Fuckup will never have to face what they've done. It sucks and it has to stop. The only thing that allows me to continue on is the fact that I believe that one day things will be made right. In honor of Bill Maher, I would like to make a new rule, though. From now on, if you're conservative, you don't get to say that soldiers won't go crazy when they get home. Some do go crazy, and they kill people. It's just a simple fact. This country will have to continue to deal with people that have been totally damaged by these nonsense wars. So from now on, conservatives don't get to act like soldiers who return from war are like the honorable clone army returning from the Battle of Mordor. This is real life. And they need to admit they were wrong. When you take soldiers and you send them to war, you get a lot of severely damaged people that have serious problems. They, conservatives, must fucking atone. Mm-hmm. So I'd just like to say that I love your podcast and I'm a loyal listener. Keep on keeping on. One day, we will restore sanity to these shitheads that have destroyed our country. They are mentally weak and will crumble and reveal themselves. Of that, I have no doubt. Thanks to both of you, Driftglass and Blue Gal, for being an honest game in town. P.S. I tried to do a drinking game where every time Driftglass said fuck, we'd drink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Didn't last very long, as you can imagine. 
serves us right. <laughs> and uh, he signs it Sergeant and his name and then retired. So uh-huh. and he and he includes a news article about his friend who uh, had a violent end and, and it's it's extremely tragic and we get it and appreciate your letter so much. Very, very moving. Thank yeah. you. I, I absolutely and I and remember real consequences. Real consequences to what David fucking Brooks did during that war. I, I remember vividly during you know, after Nancy Pelosi said that she wasn't gonna impeach anybody for anything. Yeah. And I just shook your head. Okay, yeah. that's the price, huh? That's yeah, the price. Yeah. That's the price that you that's the deal you cut. And of course it didn't amount to anything because ten seconds after Yeah, two thousand ten we get Tea Party Congress. Great. Filibuster yeah. goes filibuster goes to you know to to red line. Yeah. The Senate suddenly discovers you can't pass a bill without sixty people and the President of the United States is called a traitor from the moment he put his hand on the Bible mm-hmm. until today. Yeah. So but what we were going to have, what I had hoped we were going to have, was a Truth and Reconciliation Committee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, way, you know, a way to say, look, e- even if we're not going to put you people behind bars, which we really should, or fine you, or make you pay some moral and, and professional and financial consequence, some, some kind of atonement. That's exactly the well, right word. But everybody the- from Hannity all the way up. To Mitt Romney are going mm-hmm. to say you're apologizing for America. Uh-huh. Well, that's why we have it. Why don't we apologize to this guy who went nuts and killed his wife and well, why don't to we, the wife? Yeah, why don't we apologize to America? Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe exactly. that is America right there yeah. in that letter. You need to, you know, you need to that, apologize to him, and you need to apologize to everyone else like him. There, yeah. there was a uh, something that Harlan Ellison wrote years ago about the fate of Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon should be put on a public. On, on a block in the public square, and every citizen of the United States should be able to slap him. Yeah. Once, if you're a soldier and you and you and you got screwed over in Vietnam, you should be able to use your fist. And there has to be some consequence. There really has to be. And this is what, what I do absolutely understand about Barack Obama t- signing away our civil liberties with a signing statement saying he'll never do it. I understand that that there has this something for which there has to be a consequence. There has to be a consequence for lying us into a war. There has to be a consequence for ruining this country, for bankrupting us, for destroying the economy. There has to be a consequence for people in the media who cheerled that, and there's not. And if we can't have an actual trial with actual verdicts and actual people going to jail, the very least we owe our, our future generations, ourselves, and our own soul. The only way we can clean the karmic plate to set the balance, reset the balance and have an honest conversation is to get it out in the fucking open, to admit that certain people were wrong, that certain people were horribly wrong. And we're we're simply not allowed to have that conversation because there's too much goddamn money tied up in perpetuating the lie and protecting the hurt feelings of the the millions of conservatives who went right along with the worst government in modern American history cheerleading their disasters the whole fucking way. And they don't want, and because we live in a democracy, they can simply vote to have no consequences yeah. to their actions. They can simply vote with their feet and listen only to Sean Hannity. And, and it's, it is simply a fact that until we can purge this wound, until we can drain this infection out of our system, we cannot heal as a country. We just can't do it. We're gonna, we're gonna hate each other and hate each other for decades. And we're going to tear each other apart for decades until we can finally at last say, look, 
you guys fucked up and you backed people who are evil and you need to admit it, say you're sorry and move on. And they're never going to do it. And and that's why we have to wait until they go to their grades. Because until then, they're just and on that never, note. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. On that note. <laughs> on that note. Mm-hmm. We're so glad you're listening to us. And you can reach us lots of ways. We have a Facebook page which is linked at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. On our website, you can listen to our podcast with no download and no registration. We are on iTunes, and don't forget we have a Professional Left app at the iTunes store as well, which has our blogs, our Twitter streams, and our uh, bonus content from time to time. You can write us at proleftpodcast at gmail.com, or at our P.O. Box. The P.O. Box is Professional Left Podcast, P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. And that comes in particularly handy for those people who hate PayPal. <laughs> they like to send us a check instead, which is fine. Make it out to uh, Professional Left Podcast. We have a bank account. We can take care of that. And uh, feel free to write us either way, either at our email address or uh, via the P.O. Box. We love getting your letters, and we love hearing from you. We read everything you send us. But reserve the right to read it, and reserve the right to read it on the air unless you say otherwise. Yes, if you if you tell us not to read it on the air or to protect your identity in some way, we only use first names at the most uh, with letters and emails on the air. But if there's some other way you need us to protect your identity, just let us know. Or for a couple of extra bucks, if there's some hot name or, or <laughs> handle you want to be called, Stud89 from Memphis says. Stud89. We're happy to do that for you. For You throw a couple extra bucks our way, we're happy to do that for you. No, it's all free. So my question for you, Blue Gal, is how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, the Internet Kitties are waiting patiently by the phone for their recess appointment. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, dubbing. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2012. Drift Class Blue Gal Podcast.